Where did the road go? Off-road edition. So I am here with my uh, longtime Last Exit co-host, Eon West, and that's E-O-N. And Eon has a, a few books out that I think people would be uh, find interesting. And two of them are basically, uh, what, poetry? Yeah. Yeah, you're not sure. Well, some of it's poetry, some of it is like allegories. And I'm writing a, another thing that's longer and slowly driving me insane. <laughs> I'm going mad. And you, know. you, and you have one that's partial artwork as well. Oh, yeah, that one nearly drive me com- drove me completely nuts. That's Vox. Uh, sometimes I would just like sit in a corner and talk to myself and just about cry. But and that's like, how you wrote the book. Most of it, yeah. I mean, I would just kind of doodle, and you know, I'm just like, make it stop, make it stop. Why can't I end this thing? Why won't it stop? So, like, this is a big part of my life. It's 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 a nice piece of creativity. I'll say that. I need help. <laughs> so you're gonna read people a couple of uh, short allegories you have from. I, and which one is this? Uh, this one is Words Out of Asylum Two. Uh, by Ian West. I also have Words Out of Asylum 1, obviously. Uh, but, you know, yeah. So Did they come out in order? They did. Okay. And right. I'm actually hopefully going to finish up a Words Out of Asylum 3 if it would just happen in my brain. And All right. just Yeah. So what's this so, one called, uh, this story? This one, it's a three-part thing, and I call it The Orb. Right. Okay. A God Gone Insane. There was a being, existing beyond time and space, who, through its power and will, could mold the forces of existence into dimensions and forms. As it did, it looked deep into the endless dimensions within dimensions, resonating and swirling. It became increasingly lost in the crystalline depths. Soon, it found its very mind was trapped within the endless forms. To try to escape, it created an avatar within who would find its way out, and thus the being's mind could escape this unintended trap. However, the avatar also became lost in this ever-changing space, and so to try to better understand the universe in which the avatar found itself projected into, he created a palace that was modeled after the universe. It was the universe incarnate in the form of a citadel. And within the starry citadel, there was a mirrored projection of the universe in miniature. And so the Avatar experimented with this model universe to try to understand, to try to better understand the crystalline prison in which it had been born. Even though this is all it had ever known, because of its direct connection to the insane architect of this place, he knew he must escape. However, the experiments the Avatar conducted to better understand these forms led the Avatar deeper and deeper into the abyss of dimensions. It modeled larger forms in miniature, and smaller forms were modeled larger to better understand them. It reconstructed bodies and minds in artificial forms to better understand their workings, simulated versions of himself to understand his workings in the universe, and even made things that never were to test ideas and theories of existence. The first architect was lost observing the avatar and his conceptions. Those creations then started making their own automatons and cosmic models, But, having never known anything else but this cosmic prison, they mistook it for the real world and never thought to try to escape. 
So this super being sat in the void, staring into the dimensions within dimensions, within the crystalline spheres that had formed, becoming more and more lost, into which it skyred. The other beings like it, like itself, observed this insanity taking place before them. This had happened before with others of their kind, and they didn't really know what to do. Whenever one of their kind did this sort of thing, they would quarantine them. They would place them into what was essentially a large room, closely with others, suffering the same strange affliction of existence. They thought that by being next to each other, perhaps they would become aware of each other's presence and awaken from the trance. But they did not awaken, and instead they just looked deeper and deeper into their own creations. To keep this strange madness isolated, a great shell was formed around the room. But as the room filled with more and more of these victims, they began to press against the walls of the shell, and new rooms had to be made to house these lost beings. From this, passageways had to be constructed to connect different cells, and new barriers made to contain the whole. Eventually, this cosmic madhouse became more and more labyrinthian. The dimensions began to snake about and fold back on themselves. And this made the other beings nervous because the asylum began to resemble the forms that drove them mad in the first place. It were as if the madness were erupting out of, outward into the form of this cosmic architecture. But the self-appointed wards of this psychic asylum were at a loss for what to do. They hoped that one of the demented would somehow find their way out of their own constructs, but this had yet to happen. The Palace Watchers. It seemed as if the palace had always been there. People lived around the great orb, and from it emulated, emanated laws and orders, some of which, which were senseless and cruel. There were those who were agents for the palace. The people who lived around it thought they might understand the reason why it commanded as it did. Many of the palace's agents said they could not talk about such things to anyone who was not an agent for the palace, but inevitably some did. Some had justification for a greater good that really meant very little. Some said it was orders from other orders and they had to mindlessly follow them. Some talked about computers and mechanisms in secret rooms and vaults that gave mechanized orders, and they made things as they were, and so it was no one's fault. Then there were those who gave misinformation, made up legends, and lied to cause chaos and confusion about the palace. But the agents of the palace lived and worked outside the palace like everyone else. They lived closer to the palace and had more knowledge than other citizens, but with no more insight into the nature of the palace and its workings than anyone else because they acted mindlessly. Out of the perplexity and alienation, the palace watchers evolved. They observed the palace closely. They watched the agents and even talked to some of them. They carefully read all documents coming from the palace or about the palace. In doing so, they were able to discern many things about the palace and its workings. But they realized what they learned was only a sliver of what was going on. They had to fill in gaps with theories, ideas, and stories. Sometimes they found out they were correct. Sometimes they were correct and never learned so. Sometimes they were wrong, but their ideas were then used to perpetuate more disorder. And often both they and the agents had no idea what was really happening or why. 
one of the greatest misunderstandings that the agents, watchers, and all the other citizens had about the palace was thinking it was at the center. The orb they all saw was surrounded by other buildings was not the palace per se. It was a reflection of the structure that surrounded them. The palace at the center was like a projection from something so large and massive they could not see it. But the image in the center was like a mirror of what was all around them, an exact repli replica of the great orb in miniature. But it was only an illusion, and what they also did not know was that there was more than one palace in existence. The Pattern in the Puzzle a man sits at a desk, and in front, in front of him is a small orb. He opens the orb, and inside is another small metal orb. He examines the next small metal orb and starts to write down his examinations of the orb and draw its details. Each orb has a subtle pattern all its own. Each elusive design must be copied in full detail before it is opened and the next orb studied. The man keeps doing this, and every now and then he will come across one orb that has the same pattern. No other orb has done this. It is the pattern on the first orb he observed. A long time ago he noticed a pattern that every now and then this first orb would reappear again and again. He hoped this would mean there wouldn't be another, that he would open this orb and it would be empty and he could stop, but when he would open it another orb with whole new patterns would sit there, and he would begin again. Sometimes he would think to himself that this reoccurring, that this reoccurring orb is the pattern that should be studied, and that he should sort through all the stacks of previous shells behind him and look for the pattern in that pattern, study the reoccurrences of that orb, but he would just open the next orb and continue. Sometimes he wondered if anyone else was doing this, no one gave him this responsibility. He did this of his own accord. And there was, and was there anyone else out there opening orbs, recording patterns again and again? Maybe if they got together and compared notes, something more definitive would come through. Then he would open the next orb. That's awesome. Thank you. And that is, again... Eon West is the name you write under. Mm -hmm. uh, you are on Amazon. I am. So all three books are there. Yep. Knox and Words from Asylum. Right? Yep. Oh, Vox. Vox. Vox and Words from Asylum. And I've got a CD on there some, somewhere. And you have, you, a, you have a blog. And Oh, yeah. I, I write on... Uh, uh, it's called WordPress. I also have a YouTube. Um, What's the WordPress? Oh, uh, it's Eon West. Um, and the YouTube is Eon West. E-O-N-W-S-T. Okay. And, and I have my reverb page, and that's also under Eon West. And every now and then, I kind of wonder if there's other stuff that is out there that I, I don't even know about. I mean, I've got a couple of Facebook pages, and what if what if other stuff is suddenly being made, and I'm not aware of it until I run across it? Like, I found out I have a hotel. That's, that's not your hotel. It's my hotel. It's named for me. That means it's mine. I have a hotel. How do I have a hotel? Where did this come what's, from? What's the name of your, your blog? Eon West. No, and, what's the name of it? Oh, uh, uh, it's um, uh, Words Out of Us. Oh, is it Words Out of Asylum? Words Out of Asylum. Okay. I, yeah, but yeah, it just, this stuff just keeps coming out of me, and I think some of it just makes itself. I don't know what to make of this, and I, I'm really I confused. That. I this is sort of upsetting. I mean, like, I have a hotel, and 
you know, there's other, it's my hotel. I have a hotel. The thing that makes it even weirder, it's in India. What on earth is happening? You All know, right. and, uh, I just don't understand. If you liked what Ian read, there's lots more of that in his books. They're on Amazon. Check out his WordPress. Google them. Sometimes Check I just, out the hotel that's not his. Sometimes I lie in a corner and I wonder if there's other things being created that I'm creating that I don't know that I'm creating that just sort of pop into existence but have something weird to do with me. And what if like something even worse happens? I don't know. No, all of that is true. Yes, it is. I'm terrified. Thanks, Ian. Thank you. All right. Have a good night, everybody. You have been listening to Where Did the Road Go? This show is made possible in part from our Patreons, and we thank you and everyone listening for helping us continue this exploration of the strange. You can always find everything Where Did the Road Go related at www.wheredidtheroadgo.com. And thank you so much for your support.